Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Fake News Friday here on True North, rounding up all that's happened in the week that was, swimming through the storm that is, well, you don't really swim through a storm. We are sifting through the sands of deception and dishonesty and trying to make sense of it, or at the very least, just relentlessly mock it so that we can all uh, just laugh as the Titanic is sinking. Uh, Harrison Faulkner is with me. I'm Andrew Lawton. Harrison, how was the week? We're now a couple of weeks into 2023. The week was good, but I have to say I'm a little jealous of uh, your upcoming week, Andrew, going off to Davos, going off to hang out with all your young global leader friends. I have to say I've never been this close to a young global leader, and I'm not even actually physically that close, but but virtually, it, it almost feels the same. It's a, it's a pretty incredible feeling to be interacting with a, with a young global leader like yourself. For those that don't know, <laughs> I have not actually been made a young global leader. Now, maybe oh, if they uh, like my cover, well, they like my coverage of Davos. I shouldn't bother coming back here anyway. But yes, I am off to Davos uh, actually like five minutes after we finish wrapping up this show. So if you are uh, tuning in on Friday, this has been pre-recorded and I'm already in Switzerland uh, trying to find uh, where I can get some sautéed crickets. So uh, probably everywhere. But uh, let's dig into what was happening last week in the world of fake news. Uh, this one I find particularly interesting. It involves Matt Strauss, who's been on True North. He's one of the only, if not the only, chief medical officer in Ontario who's been pushing back against the government's pandemic response. And he, to his credit, did an interview with Bruce Arthur of the Toronto Star, who is on the more alarmist side of the COVID spectrum. And you'd think this might be an opportunity that two people who disagree could at least uh, understand and respect each other. But at the end of it, when the story was published, Matt Strauss went to Twitter and said that things he had said had been misrepresented, things he said had been misquoted. It was not an accurate representation of anything that had happened, and he was trying to get some changes, which so far have not been made. Uh, what was going on there? Well, wait, hold on a second, Andrew. You're telling me that the Toronto Star misquoted uh, an officer of health that didn't quite go along with their narrative. I can't believe that. That's This is like totally breaking news to me. Well, basically what happened here is, as most of you can imagine, Dr. Matt Strauss, the medical officer of health for Haldeman Norfolk, which is a region in Southern Ontario, he was basically, as you said, Andrew, the only medical officer of health that, that I know of, at least in Ontario, and I may be wrong here, but the only one that really didn't go along 100% with the the kind of messaging we were getting from Dr. Tam and from Dr. Moore in Ontario, he took a different approach. And I think that's why, partially, he had the gig in Holdman Norfolk. He was he, he, he questioned uh, the decisions to lock down the way we did. He questioned the efficacy of mandates for the shot and for masks. So, of course, by doing so, he became the target of, as you say, the alarmists on, that, on the other side of the debate. So, basically what happened here is uh, Matt Strauss and Bruce Arthur uh, came to a, a good faith interview with the, uh, with the understanding, I think, that uh, Matt Strauss would have been quoted correctly and in context and his words wouldn't be taken out of uh, out of context. But it turns out, of course, that the article was completely uh, out of context. It was designed to basically make Matt Strauss look to be someone he is not. And Matt Strauss, as you say, probably went to Twitter and called out exactly Bruce Arthur for this. He says, I did not compare prom to a living death, as the article in the Toronto Star says he, says he did. I did not compare mask mandates to the Me Too movement. 
And I did not say that the only randomized control trials are sufficient evidence for pandemic policy. And then he, and then he writes this as well. This is just a perfect dunk on the Toronto Star and a highly deserving one too. He writes this. I understand that Bruce and the Toronto Star are in an awkward position. They were wrong about vaccine mandates, wrong about mask mandates, wrong about border restrictions, and wrong about school closures. I wish Toronto Star would acknowledge its mistakes rather than double down by misrepresenting the facts of the matter of my views. I've texted Bruce, but so far nothing has changed. So yeah, they were wrong about that. They were wrong about, as, as Strauss says, all of these things in the, in the pandemic. And yet now they're still trying to misquote doctors who... In, in many, many people's eyes, we're on the right side of this stuff. What a surprise, Andrew. Yeah, and what was interesting is that Bruce Arthur decided to say that these were not factual errors. They were just mere differences of opinion. He uh, tweeted out, I see Matt Strauss has registered some complaints about the piece, and he and I have exchanged some views on that. Needless to say, I disagree with his interpretations. Those agreeing with him are mostly distrustful of media and angry about COVID restrictions. So he views it, Bruce Arthur, as though anyone who takes issue with his reporting uh, just is uh, distrustful of the media and they don't like vaccine mandates and mask mandates. Now, this is particularly interesting when you take into consideration that the Toronto Star's public editor has interceded here and has actually made corrections and clarifications on the article. You can see it there now. Uh, this one is a correction from January 11th. This column has been updated. A previous version mistakenly said that Dr. Strauss compared mask mandates to the Me Too movement. And then a clarification. Now, I don't know what the difference between a clarification and a correction is here, but a clarification, this column has been updated. Dr. Strauss didn't say that only randomized control trials are sufficient evidence for pandemic policy. So I guess now the Toronto Star's public editor is to Bruce Arthur, distrustful of media and angry about COVID restrictions because he evidently didn't agree with Bruce Arthur's interpretation of this. There are lots of things that you can have different opinions on, but the old line is that your facts have to be the same across the board. Right. I mean, when you're when, when your own editor is basically saying that you're wrong, and then you go out on on Twitter and say, "Well, those that think I'm wrong are uh, distrustful of media," as you just say, then that's a pretty bad sign uh, that you're you're kind of not heading in the right direction there, Bruce. It's not really what we would consider to be, uh, you know, right along the tracks of the journalist code of ethics. But look, it's the Toronto Star. They're the same people that posted that hideous front page back during a few years ago, basically just saying that people in Canada are saying the unvaccinated can go to die. I mean, that was the implication of that, that front page. I don't think many Canadians are going to for forgive them for that. And this is just the same sort of thing. Even the editors have to come in and clean up the mess that their journalists are making. But seriously, I mean, this should be the basics. This should, this should be basic stuff here. And they can't even get that right. No, and just, I mean, Matt Strauss had made a, a very apt comment on this in response to Bruce Arthur's distrust of the media thing. And he said, you know, there's a very simple way to foster trust, which is to tell the truth. He said, step one, tell the truth. That's all the steps I know seem to work. So I don't think that uh, Bruce Arthur is doing his part to uh, restore trust to the media by any stretch. No, certainly not, Andrew, but there's always one thing we can rely on when it comes to Fake News Friday, and thankfully, it has not changed in 2023. That is the CBC coming in to always give us something good to mock and make fun of, and this story came in from the CBC a couple days ago, and it's just, it's absolutely hilarious the way, when you read it, you think to yourself, clearly what's going on here is the CBC is coming in to 
try and make an example out of an officer of the RCMP who dared dissent against the government, dared make fun of the prime minister. He needs to be made an example of and, and basically ridiculed on CBC. Very, uh, very Eastern world, I would say, of the CBC here. Not like, the, not like it's totally foreign to them. But this is what the article, this is the headline of the CBC article. BC Mounties anti-Trudeau website raises concerns about discriminatory views within the RCMP. So discriminatory views within the RCMP, actually, that just means an RCMP's, RCMP officer making fun of Justin Trudeau. So apparently, Andrew, making fun of Justin Trudeau is discriminatory views. But I want to read to you some of this before getting your thoughts on this, because it is just ridiculous. It starts off with this. The Church of Trudeau website was online last November and early December and featured theatrical performances by a man dressed up as multiple characters in what appears to be satirical political commentary about the Prime Minister and what the site referred to as, quote, left-wing liberal ideologies. CBC News has confirmed the identity of the man in photos and videos on the website as BC RCMP officer Brent Lord. In one of the four videos CBC News has obtained, Lord plays the role of a character he calls Father B and professes to be the high prophet of the Church of Trudeau as he explains what the website is about, stating, Our religion teaches the importance of socialism, of cancelling everyone that offends anyone, of being woke and highly emotional. We'll talk about on the nose there because it turns out that for making jokes about the Prime Minister cancelling everyone, this poor RCMP officer, for that exact thing is now being canceled. Go figure, Andrew. Yeah, and uh, this is a challenging one because in general, I, I think there are standards for police officers that are different than there are for people in other sectors. But uh, they're allowed to have political opinions. They're allowed to have political views. I don't know uh, which way the RCMP is going to land here. I mean, if he were tasked with protecting Justin Trudeau, I could understand how this might make people wonder if he was the best candidate for the job. But if he's just a general police officer, he wasn't doing this in uniform, he wasn't even mentioning his name on the website, I don't really think many people in the BC interior would care. Well, right, exactly. And that's, that's, that's the truth. This guy isn't BC interior RCMP officer. He's not, you know, a, uh, a private security detail of the prime minister or a cabinet minister. And it just kind of goes along this line, Andrew, of, uh, of demanding ideological conformity. We saw this with the Freedom Convoy and the CBC article actually brings this up. How many instances did we see of, of videos going viral where police officers either outwardly show their support to members of the Freedom Convoy or protesters, uh, or they themselves uh, were seen, um, you know, just kind of not acting the way that, uh, I guess, the Ottawa establishment wanted them to, which is completely hostile and almost nasty towards these protesters. If they weren't, you know, demanding that they, that they stand down and yelling at them for daring to uh, hold unacceptable views, then in the eyes of the CBC and uh, Ottawa establishment, these officers were supporters of the Freedom Convoy. And, and we, saw, we saw politicians, we saw news articles come out demanding that these, pol these officers face punishment. It's almost as if we're kind of losing humor in this country. It's like we can't joke about what's really going on. We can't have a laugh. I think if you were to ask this RCMP officer to say, your job now, the, RC the, the prime minister is coming to your area. Your job is to defend the prime minister. I don't think because he makes fun of the prime minister, he would be, he would all of a sudden not do his job. I think it's just, I think we're just losing reality here. We're losing this sense of humor in this country. And 
I, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's sad to see. It's, humor is going to go to die here if we can't have a laugh and have a joke. Of course, the CBC goes out and demands comment from the RCMP, demands comment from other former officers and former uh, chiefs of police saying this is this is horrible, this is awful, no officer should be doing this. Come on, come off it. Let's just have some fun, have a joke here and there. And I think everyone will be fine at the end of the day. Well, the challenge with these sort of professional standards rules is that they only seem to be enforced in one direction. We're seeing this Ontario in Ontario with Jordan Peterson and the College of Psychologists. You can mouth off about as much as you want about the left. Uh, lefty wokey stuff and no one seems to care if he were uh, taking aim at some conservative thing I don't think this would be on anyone's radar but because he's doing it against the liberals that is getting everyone's back up against the wall here I just to your point about being able to have a laugh there's this one uh, former West Vancouver police chief that CBC quoted here cash heed who says, when you're a public servant, especially with the RCMP, where you've taken that oath of service to Canada and you make those satirical videos, you have the memes of this particular character trying to be funny. I find it disturbing. Yes, nothing is disturbing as satire and memes and character acting. I mean, the guy may not be Daniel Day-Lewis, but I think he can do uh, his little Father G or Kenny G or Papa John or whatever his character. I mean, it's not was. only that... This, this is hilarious, Andrew. It's like in another video, the CBC article writes, Lord gives a speech about federal immigration policy while wearing a jester's hat and claims the goal of the policy is to bring in one and a half million liberal voters to Canada. Hey, sorry, but uh, he might be a little too on the money there, Andrew, for uh, the CBC's liking. It's, I mean, it's just funny. It's just hilarious. Yeah, we, like, we should work jester hats into our, uh, into our show here. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should add, add, add some costumes, add, add, add some new <laughs> dimensions to Fake News Friday. Um, oh, it's just, it's, it's, it's hilarious to me. I, I think it's, I think it's funny. And like I said, let's just have a laugh here. Let's just have some fun. It's the, the fact that it's all out on, it's the fact that it's all out in the open and that we have the internet now is what has kind of played the opposite effect. I think a lot of people thought it would open up conversations, open up humor, but really it's becoming more difficult. I mean, I guarantee you that back in the day without the internet, RCMP guys would have been, would have been joking about the prime minister all the time, but it's because it's out there online that's the problem. And now I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to have jokes about, uh, about all this stuff and people in, in the public service making, having, having a laugh. Like, why can't we have that? Well, we will not be cowed by this because if you're not uh, laughing, you're crying here. And I don't actually quite know what I'm to do with this next story here, which comes from, you guessed it, CBC. Using my New Year's resolution to free my tree and myself from the bondage of colonization. So this one is going to be a little bit of a tough one to go through because I've read the column four times and each time I come out more confused about what it's actually about. So maybe Harrison, you can explain this to me if I'm not getting it right. But the sense that I understand here is this woman, Marina Commanda Westbrook, who's writing in CBC first person. She is indigenous. She's uh, from she's from the Anishinaabe Nation, and she had a fake Christmas tree this year, and she's had fake Christmas trees before. And she didn't want to throw it out with the lights on because it was like a pre-lit tree and it was broken and the lights were broken. So she instead took a pair of scissors and started to cut away the broken lights and she snipped away at the wires and then she started feeling for the tree. And she said she recognized that she was releasing the tree 
from the bondage of appearance and glitter. And in the end, she said there were 30 meters of wire and broken bulbs, and this brought her back to her childhood, where her family had a shiny silver aluminum tree that had lights that her dad checked and fixed and replaced, and she's attempting to rescue this fake tree from its broken lights. Now, here's where it gets a little bit weird, if it isn't weird already. She says that the wires have come to represent to her the bounds of colonization. And she was experiencing freeing her pretend tree from the wire bondage. Okay, I, I'm confused again. But I have to, I have to say, Andrew, that was a, that was actually an excellent summary of this article. I didn't. I did. I, I, I don't even know what I just said. No, but I, I know that the words mean. But when they're put together in that way, I actually don't know. I could have just given a recipe for French toast for all I know. Like I don't even know what that means. What I just so, said. So again, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be any better at this. I also had uh, quite a lot of difficulty comprehending this piece. From my, from my perspective here, it looks as though. She thinks that using real trees would be bad because you don't want to put a tree that'll go right back into the landfill and you don't want to kill a good tree. So you don't want to kill a good tree, so you want to use fake trees. She has a fake tree, and then she says that um, back in the day, 50 years ago, her family had a shiny silver aluminum tree. I'm assuming that that would be a fake tree as well, unless there's some sort of species of trees out there that I've never seen before. So she's had fake trees now, but, but again... The, the lights are colonization. The lights are the bondage of colonization. And you don't want to, uh, but, but again, you don't want to impact the environment, Andrew. So the real tree is killing the environment, but also now the plastic tree is killing the environment. So you don't want to do that either. So instead, we're just going to do no tree, right? We're going to have no tree anymore because, you know, heritage and traditions, they, they, you got to ax the tree because it's a, it's a part of the Christmas tradition, so that's got to go. And, of course, it's all wrapped up in colonization. Again, I, I, am, I am really struggling here. and Because I, I make this assumption, because at the bottom of the article she writes this, instead of buying another artificial tree, pre-bound in the wires that have come to represent to me the bonds of colonization, I will welcome my, my Mittig relatives, which I guess is short form for... Uh, her, her, her. It means tree in a, in a Anishinaabe. Okay, okay, I didn't get that, but okay. So I will welcome my tree relatives into my home and dress them honorably and brightly. Okay, so that's the CBC. That's what the CBC is telling us. Um, Andrew, I have to tell you, this is this might be even more absurd than the crossword puzzle story from the CBC. I really don't know what to say about this. Yeah. So. Just to bring it up to speed a little bit here from what I understand. So she believes as an indigenous woman, her family name translates to rotting wood. She has a connection to the earth and to trees. That's all fine. Now, I thought a fake tree wouldn't really trigger that. I, I feel like with a fake tree, that's not like a relative of yours if you are the relatives of the real trees. Uh, now, that's something she has a connection with, so that's fine. But so, because originally she was saying that she wanted to just take the lights off so that she could reuse the tree instead of just throwing the whole thing out because the lights were broken, which I think is actually quite important because we do just make things that are not meant to last and then we throw them out. But then she says she wants to like give it another season and then she's going to throw it out next year. So I, I feel like I'm still missing the point here. But you know what? If, if she feels freed and liberated by snipping the lights off the tree, then who are we to judge? 
Right. I mean, I, I think I think at the end of the day, all we can look at this and all we can do is look at this and say, well, you know, the CBC for all their faults, Andrew. You know, we we, we like to make fun of them, but every now and then, an article comes along like this, and it really makes you question the uh, the relationship between humans and trees and and nature and and the really important questions that uh, often don't get enough coverage in Canadian media. So, you know, with all of CBC's faults, I think we can say. Good on you, CBC. Thanks. Thanks for this. This is this is kind of the kind of stuff that, you know, you can sit on for the entire weekend after hearing us talk about it and really ask yourself that same question. How how do you feel like your pretend tree, you know, uh, you know, impacts the environment and and and, and adds to the adds to the uh, feeling of colonization? Great stuff. Oh, well, you know what? The Christmas season keeps on giving. That's all I can say there. That does it for us for today. Harrison Faulkner on the other end, Andrew Lawton over here. I am off to Davos now, so do stay tuned to True North's coverage from the World Economic Forum annual meeting starting next week. Actually, starting this weekend, we'll give you a little bit of a scene setter there. That's going to be all at tnc.news. But in the meantime, thank you and have a wonderful weekend, everyone.